When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome <laughs> to the Broncos Binge Podcast. A podcast for those who bleed orange and blue. This one's for John. Produced locally in Denver, Colorado. Now, here's your hosts, Rachel Strand and Dalton Coble. Hello, Broncos country, and welcome to the first episode for the Broncos Binge podcast. The Denver Broncos podcast made by fans for fans. I am your host, Rachel Strand, and I am here with my co-host, Dalton Coble. We are super excited for the upcoming season and equally excited to get this podcast up and running. A very special thank you to Mile High Report for letting us do this. So, Dalton, since this is our introductory podcast, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, I'd like to start off and say, first off, I'm actually nowhere near Colorado. I'm actually from the state of North Carolina on the East Coast. I attend Appalachian State University and I'm working towards being an electronic media broadcasting major. So this is super cool to do. And I became a Broncos fan a long time ago, but like it's super cool to be a Broncos fan in North Carolina, especially after the Broncos won a Super Bowl against the North Carolina team. That was always fun to over- hold over <laughs> Panthers' heads. Yeah, do you just do you wear Broncos jerseys out there and get nasty looks or something? Yes, ma'am. Of course I do. <laughs> Especially Von Miller. My Von Miller jersey is like a menace here. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, he completely screwed them over. Destroyed? The Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Single-handedly got us a Super Bowl, but okay. Uh, a little bit about me. I graduated from University of Colorado, Denver last year. I would like to get further into the sports broadcasting business. I am a huge diehard Broncos fan, basically popped out of the womb, bleeding orange and blue. I have rarely missed games 
and I just have a passion for sports and the fact that I am able to make it a part of my daily life and a part of my job is so huge for me because it doesn't feel like I'm working because it's something I truly enjoy doing. And I'm just excited to be able to be doing this podcast. Again, thank you to Mile High Report for letting us do this. And yeah, I'm just super excited to be able to do this and I hope for a really good season. So starting on the injuries and news front this week, nothing's really happened or no new updates. I know Michael O.J. Mudia is on short-term IR. I know they kind of shelved Greg Dulcich on short-term IR. Um, are there any other players, Dalton, that you can think of that with, you know, with significant injuries? Brandon Johnson. Brandon Johnson, who is actually like already projected to be on like the 53 man roster like Russell will like they were even talking about like Russell Wilson throwing to him and stuff with the ones and unfortunately at the end of the preseason game he got hurt I do believe he is out for the end of the year he's out for the full year right Brandon Johnson yeah the wide receiver did I draft the one uh no I think he is no way no I think he's on short-term IR as well Thankfully, because I initially had him uh, making the final roster ahead of Tyree Cleveland. Um, I know our special teams coordinator is super high on Tyree Cleveland, but yeah, he was out for the entire 2022 season with a high ankle sprain. Brandon Johnson. Yes. I'll be damned. Um, I'll be damned. I'll be damned. I really liked what I saw from him in the preseason. Um, Me too. Me too. I'm glad they're holding on to him though um me too but yeah i guess that opened up a spot for tyree cleveland who's a you know staple player on special teams he's still holding on he was uh he was he's a john elway draft pick isn't he yeah like seventh round out of florida yeah he was john elway's last draft class i believe technically his last pick if he was seventh round but yeah it's it's interesting i didn't have Tyree Cleveland on my initial 53-man prediction, but I know that special teams coordinator is so high on him. I just, I don't, I guess he may, that's the only reason why he made the roster. Unless there's significant injuries, then he probably won't see much time on offense. God, there better not be any significant injuries in the wide receiver room. We already lost Tim Patrick. I don't want to lose anymore. Like, I... No, I know. That was super unfortunate, because, like, I was super excited to see all three, plus KJ Hamler coming back, but, you know, that's I... unfortunate. You know, we can't have our cake and eat it, too, I guess. Right. I, Whatever. I just want to wrap KJ Hamler in bubble wrap, because I don't Me want it too. to... I don't want it to turn into another Isaiah McKenzie situation, where... Who has really turned out in Buffalo, (laughs) by the way. So we're not blaming Isaiah McKenzie. I think we're going to blame the old Broncos staff. Vance Joseph era, the era we don't want to talk about and or remember. (laughs) Pain. Because, I mean, seriously, look at all the players that Buffalo has been able to develop. I mean, I think... Really? They've been phenomenal. I was under the... Like, I thought Isaiah McKenzie was here for, like, three or four years. He was only here for one season like on and off, like released to practice squad, back to active roster, yada, yada. He wasn't here that long. We gave up on him so quickly. But then again, he didn't really show us much to prove that he deserved a roster spot. But then he goes off to Buffalo and absolutely shines. (laughs) Yeah, luckily he is still number three on that team. I'm going to put Stefan and Gabriel Davis above him. Where did Cole Beasley go? Is he still, is he a free agent? Good question. He might still be on there. I know he had some, he got himself into a little bit of trouble last year, so I don't, I'm not entirely sure where he went, but, um, He is yeah. still on the Buffalo Bills. Really? I had no idea. Well, Wait, no, go- he's not. It says ex-Buffalo Bills. I think he's still <laughs> a free agent. 
Interesting. But yeah, speaking of slot wide receivers, I am so excited to see what KJ Handler can do because if you look at any of the preseason videos from one or two years ago when he had Drew Locke throwing him the ball, I think it was like in Minnesota. I can't remember which year that was, but he just, he was a burner. He just kept burning these defensive backs. Yeah. And I remember my first Broncos game I went to. Funny enough, I haven't been to that many Broncos game guys. I've only watched them on TV for the longest time, but eventually I finally got to go to one. I know. I finally got to go to one in the Panther Stadium, but Drew Locke was our quarterback. But I was a big Drew Locke fan. We'll get into that (laughs) later. We'll we'll get into that later. Are you sure you want to get into that? Are you sure? No. Uh, probably not, but um, KJ Hamler, Drew Locke was throwing bombs to KJ Hamler. He was burning the Panthers' secondary defense like crazy that game, if I remember correctly. Like he's he's one fast guy. I want our own little version of Tyreek Hill, like, and that's what I I know he's Montreal, not going to be Washington. I know. Thing is, we've got like two little KJ Hamlers in Montreal, Washington, that's what I'm and KJ. And you know what's you know what's funny about that? Russell Wilson picked him, which is what I wanted to talk about, which is wild because George Payton sat down with Russell Wilson when they were looking, and Russell Wilson was like, "Draft Montreal, Washington," and that could either be really bad or really good because we've seen when player like when you give players leeway in drafts and it causes them to get to their and it could be a recipe for disaster. But in the preseason, Montreal, Washington looked like an absolute playmaker. I'm excited. I'm excited to see his little backflip celebrations after touchdowns. That's going to be fun. Anyways, um, yeah, I that's pretty interesting. I was not aware that Montreal Washington was a Wilson pick, and that's pretty cool that Peyton had enough trust in Russell Wilson. I guess they must have scouted him as well, but maybe he just needed the Russell Wilson blessing or something like that. But if we can get, like, two burners going on the same offense, it's they're going to be tough to cover. I mean, I feel like the Broncos' offense is going to be tough to to cover regardless because of the just the sheer amount of talent we have. And people, people aren't talking about that enough because, actually, from what my understanding is now give me one second on this before i make my make my statement i do believe the broncos have the easiest strength schedules for wide receivers in the entire nfl in terms so, of who they're facing defensive in terms back-wise? of the schedule yeah like defensive back it's like uh, they have the easiest schedule huh that'll be interesting uh, so yeah. i definitely i definitely believe that there is room to shine for all of these wide receivers including the one and only undrafted free agent jalen virgil who attended app state Go Jalen. I'm a fan of him too. I, I was not, I thought he was like six foot three for some reason, but he's like five eleven, six feet, something around there. I'm like, hey, cool. And he can jump pretty high. I remember uh, that I one know. pitch he had. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, Jalen. Okay. I'm really excited about the wide receiver spot, but I'm actually a little worried about the tight end spot. What, what, what makes you worried about the tight end spot? It's really unproven. Like Albert O. Yeah, he, I see. What he you has mean. he has a really high ceiling. Don't get me wrong; like he's a freak of an athlete. He's really fast, but is just can he keep putting the consistent catches together and keep making plays with Russell Wilson at quarterback and become a number one target? Yeah, because I remember he, last year, on top of you know some injury issues that he's had, he's also kind of had some drops in his career that mm-hmm. have been a little bit mm-hmm. more concerning, and uh, that's not exactly ideal 
for a tight end. I really hope Greg Dulcich gets back sooner than later and we don't rush him out of his injury but um, we don't we don't want him to stay hurt because he he also has pretty high potential because funny enough um russell wilson is actually i think i think russell wilson's actually made fun of for not targeting tight ends a lot <gasps> because he didn't target tight ends at all re- at most recent seasons when he had jimmy graham that was a different story but as of recent season he hasn't had a tight end to throw to like, i think he had has... like will disley and some other yeah dude. he has like don't get me wrong he has freaks like tyler lockett and and DK Metcalf, and don't forget Doug Baldwin. He retired, though. Yeah, I don't think he'll have any issues of finding any pass catchers here in Denver. Oh, definitely not. Like, he's going to go through his progressions, and he's going to be like, oh, who the hell do I pick from? Because there's someone who's bound to be open, hopefully. That is is if the offensive line can keep him upright. Oh my God! Please. And shout out the offensive line in the preseason. They did not allow a single sack. I don't think. I think they allowed one. One. That's still phenomenal out of three yeah. games. And I think in our final game, we had like five sacks against five plus sacks or something like that against the Vikings. That's pretty cool. Our edge rushers are crazy this year. That's our why we got rid of Malik Reed. Crazy spot. Yeah, we traded him to the Steelers, which I actually think was a good. I actually think that was a good idea. Now people hate on that, but Malik Reed hasn't done like I know he like he's a serviceable player, but like we have so many new guys coming in that show more prize. If we can get some value out of Malik Reed, I say you know pull the trigger, let him go shine somewhere else on the Steelers. Word has it Malik Reed wanted to go to the Steelers because I think the writing was on the wall for him. And he saw that he was kind of the odd man out with all these new youngins coming up. And he's like, he's like, you know, I probably have a long shot at making the roster. Can we get, can I get traded here? You know, yada, yada. I really hope that he proves well with the Steelers and I hope he shines well with the Steelers and turns into the next Shaquille Barrett. Like what happened in Tampa. So this next portion of the podcast, we're going to be doing some fan questions. If you want to have a fan question answered on the podcast here, make sure you're following Daily Denver Broncos on Instagram because there will be a story posted either Saturday or Sunday night asking for questions for the podcast. And if your question gets selected, we will send you a message just to make sure that you're okay and you consent to us saying your name and answering the question on our podcast. Make sure you follow Daily Denver Broncos and and watch for those stories asking for questions. So this next portion of the podcast will be fan questions where we will be answering questions from you guys that we have collected through various platforms online. We will have most of our questions collected through Instagram. If you would like to have your question answered or have a chance at your question being answered on the podcast, make sure to follow Daily Denver Broncos and look out for some posts on our story where it will be asking for questions for the podcast. If your question gets selected, we will go ahead and send you a direct message just asking for your name, confirming that it's okay that we do answer your question on the podcast. So again, if you want a chance at having your question answered, go ahead and follow Daily Denver Broncos and make sure to submit your questions when you see those stories. Our first question comes from ETN1909 on Instagram. He asks, who will be the number one wide receiver, Sutton or Judy? And what will KJ Hamler's role be? Um, honestly, I think wide receiver one will be Sutton. And Judy will be more of like a 1A or 1B option for Wilson. From the reports that I've heard out of camp, Sutton has been Wilson's favorite target. And he kind of has a similar body style to his old buddy DK Metcalf in Seattle. He is a big, tall target, and he is a physical wide receiver. And I think he is just itching for his shot 
to break off. He could easily be a thousand yard wide receiver. He just has not had the right person throwing him the ball. And now that he's got this elite quarterback throwing him the ball, he could easily pop off. And I think he will be Wilson's wide receiver number one. What do you what do you think about that, Dalton? I agree with you. I think Sutton will be wide receiver number one. Uh, Russell Sutton and J- Judy play very different roles as wide receivers. Sutton is the I will run at your face and moss you. And he did that a lot <laughs> when he was very healthy with Drew Locke. And people forget that Sutton was a freak with Drew Locke. He was mossing people weekly. And unfortunately, he got hurt and he had not the best quarterback play. So he kind of fell into the back burner and other receivers came in and started performing well. But I think Sutton is a has a good shot at being a top 10 wide receiver this year. And that is my big take for this year. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I think Jerry Judy would be like the Tyler Lockett role, like the really good route running, separation, stuff like that. The question is, is can he catch the ball? And I do believe he can catch the ball because Russell Wilson is his quarterback. For KJ Hamler's role in our offense, I think, I want to say the Tyreek Hill role. He's just he going to be runs, flying He past runs straight and takes the safeties off, off of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. But Forget the routes. Could, he, just go. <laughs> Forget the routes. Could, just he, run. He could do he could do jet sweeps. He can do slants. He can, he he's a good route runner. He he is wildcat offense. He, he is a good he is a good route runner. People forget that he is a good route runner and he is fast. So people will be forgetting about him. And when he and if you forget about him, he will take it off the top, and you will end up having Russell Wilson throw a sixty yard bomb because <laughs> he loves to he loves doing that. That's his like favorite thing. He did that a lot in Seattle. Love it. I I have been I have been having a hankering for deep ball plays because I've been see... wanting it for so long. <laughs> we have not had much of that. Um, long for it. Okay. Next question is from Anthony Clark. Oh four. What is the ceiling on our team right now? What do you think about that? Seventeen and oh. <laughs> I like that Super optimism. Bowl, Super Bowl W inbound. I don't care what it is. Every time a team gets a new quarterback at the beginning of the year, they always start off slow. Tampa did it. Tampa started off a little <laughs> slow. They were a little rocky. New coach, new quarterback. But then they found their rhythm. And when they hit the rhythm, they were in the playoffs and they absolutely won the Super Bowl. Same thing with the Rams. They had Matthew Stafford and they rolled into the playoffs <laughs> and steamrolled. I believe we will be doing the same thing this year. Although I believe we will be the only team in NFL history to go seventeen and zero. I like that optimism. You know, it's seventeen and zero until it actually happens. Like until proven Amen. otherwise. And this is the year we finally beat the Chiefs. Oh yeah, we that, are going to beat the Chiefs this year. That is I one of my really bold predictions it. that we will save for later here in a second. But yeah, I I mean, don't forget in Gary Kubiak's first year as head coach here. We won the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's not out of the question. I would just say, you know, we'll see. Uh, we will we'll be see. Upset. Don't be upset if it's a little slow. We're no, still we getting will... used to things. Yeah, um, we will We will see how it goes. I have some optimism for this team. I do think we will end up, the end of the season, we will end on the winning side of things. We'll have a winning record for the first time since 2016. So, you know... I, I think they will do good because considering what we've dealt with for the past couple of years, you know, it's not going to take much to do better than what we've had for the past couple of years. So sure. I know I have, I'm pretty optimistic. I think our ceiling for this upcoming year would maybe be 
let's say, 12 wins. Friendly reminder, we are in the vicious AFC West. Uh, I don't think... That's my second worry. Yeah, I don't think we will be able to sweep the West because, again, it is the AFC West. I do think, like you said, we will finally beat the Chiefs for the first time since the Peyton Manning era. Yeah, I think that's probably our ceiling is maybe 12 wins. You know, a Super Bowl isn't out of the question, but me personally, I wouldn't bet your life savings on it because like Dalton said, I mean, we have a first-year quarterback. We have a first-year head coach, a quarterback who has just moved to a brand-new team, brand-new offense. You know, we will see. It's not out of the question. I just think this first year, it is definitely a wait and see type attitude but i do think we will do good this year plain and simple halfway through the year i will have her convinced we win the super bowl i promise you all (laughs) yeah good luck uh next question comes from ethan douglas do you think the broncos try and trade melvin gordon down the road since we have boone and javante you know i'm not sure what melvin gordon's trade value would be especially right now if we tried to trade him you know let's say today there wouldn't be much trade value there because all the teams kind of have their running back rooms set but you know who knows where we will be eight weeks from now who which running back will have a blown acl or something like that which team is suddenly super desperate for a running back who knows don't think the broncos will place him on the trade block there's i mean there's a chance that he they could but you know I did like what I saw from Mike Boone in the preseason, but I think it's going to be, you know, Javante at one, Melvin Gordon at two. They're going to split reps. Sorry about that, fantasy football owners, if you just drafted Javante. Um, But Boone will maybe come in here and there. I don't know if they'll have him on special teams, but, you know... I think that's just kind of what we're dealing with right now. To add on to that, I think no. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Unless it's a deal that you can absolutely not refuse for a running back that is getting up there in age, because running back shelves are short. You yeah, their shelf life is pretty much. short. Yeah, you do well. not need a running back as much as you need used to anymore, and that's okay because wide receiver is like the that's that's position that's coming into fruition. But the hot as a running. Uh, Yeah, but for running back, I don't think so because I think the effect of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams being on the field at the same time plus wide receivers running routes is a terrifying thing because Melvin Gordon had eight touchdowns and Javante Williams had four last year. And we have a better offense now. Let's be real. So I think no, unless it's a deal you cannot refuse. Uh, Next question comes from Tyler Boyd19, and he asks, should we be concerned about linebacker depth this year? You know, it's interesting that you say that because I have written many articles about the fact that that is easily the most concerning position for the Broncos. I was not a fan of the Alex Singleton signing. I know it was on kind of a cheap deal, but I wasn't a fan of the fact that he was signed to be a starting linebacker next to Josie Jewell. Um, Josie's kind of had, he's coming off of a torn pectoral injury. So, you know, I I think he will probably be our leading tackler uh, in the linebacker room this year. 
But, you know, I, I'm still concerned. I know Jonas Griffith can come back at some point, but the fact that you know, if we lose one or two players at that position, we're kind of screwed in terms of depth. They gave up on Joe Schobert in the preseason after one game. They just didn't like what they saw, and they're like, goodbye. <laughs> Despite the fact that him and his wife bought a house in Colorado this past summer. So, I mean, they're just like, yeah, don't matter. Goodbye. But I just also kind of find it interesting that Alexander Johnson is still an unsigned free agent and he's just kind of waiting in the wings. He's been up and coming. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised nobody's picked him up. From what I understand, he and his uh, wife slash partner are still living here in Colorado and they're kind of in the process of raising a family. So he's still around. So if, if needed... The Broncos could sign him. I know, I think he had a similar injury to Josie Jewell as well. I think it was a pectoral injury as well. Ironic, but, um, you know, why not? If they can get him back on a cheap, cheap deal, why not? Because our depth is scary. I'm not the biggest fan of having Singleton as a starting linebacker because he has made most of his damage or done most of his damage on special teams. That's what he's best at. Uh, I know he got some starts in Philadelphia as a starting linebacker, but I don't know if he's a good pairing alongside Josie Jewell. And the thing is, on top of Josie saying Josie Jewell, I don't think Josie Jewell's that good either. You know? He's definitely not a coverage linebacker, and we need a coverage linebacker because the Broncos' Achilles heel is tight ends. Yeah. Um, Travis Kelsey has had our name for a very <laughs> long time, and I'm really tired of him having I our name. I don't like him. <laughs> He's annoyed me for years. And yeah, like you uh, said, we ha- cannot cover tight ends to save our life. And I mean, Darren Waller is also in the division. So that's what I'm saying. Like, come on, we got to get this figured out. We can't and keep going the cheap all, route, linebacker. All eyes are on Jonas Griffith this year. All eyes are on him. This is, I guess, this is his prove it year already. He, like, we're ready to sh- we're ready to go. But if all else fails, I think George Payton should have Alexander Johnson's number ready to be called because I really liked him when he played with us. I thought he was good. Uh, next question comes from Western Frontier. Which rookie do you think will shine the most this season? Yeah, we kind of touched on this earlier about, uh, you know, we talked about Montreal Washington. I am excited to see what Montreal can do, but well, we also can't forget our first pick of this year in the second round, Nick Benito. He showed some things in the preseason, some kind of exciting things, and I'm excited to see what he could do because if he ends up turning out like just this amazing pass rusher our pass rushing room is insanely stacked or just the bargains that George Payton has been able to get because Browning and Jonathan Cooper were uh well he was a third round pick and like a sixth or seventh round pick I want to say respectively for the both of them he's a bargain hunter and he knows how to find them I mean, side note, George Payton's first draft as the Broncos GM arguably was one of the best drafts of all time. It gave us our franchise cornerback, our next franchise cornerback, because I don't think we've had a franchise cornerback, even though we've had really amazing defenses. I think Patrick Sertain is our next franchise quarterback. Our last question here comes from Kevin Credible, and he asks, Broncos over 8, 9, or 10 wins? My answer is yes. Over over yes. ten wins, and if Rachel if Rachel makes me say how many wins I think we will have, I definitely think we were in the twelve or twelve win range. But I'm still standing by. We will go seventeen and zero. <laughs> you know, again, I like the optimism. Good for you. I think my official prediction was I think somewhere around eleven and six, and most of those three of those losses came from AFC West 
losses, I think we could easily split down the middle with each division foe. But I think the Broncos, there's a really tough patch for the Broncos uh, beginning of December. Towards the end of the year. It's after our bye week. After our bye week, everything, that's when this team has to be ready. Like, luckily... I think this is nice that our first nine weeks, I want to say, are kind of easy. Like, it's easy. It's easier, obviously. Knock so on like wood. That can help us, knock on wood. And that can help us get adjusted. And then when we go into the bye week, we get healthy. And that's when we really get down and dirty. And that's when we really start playing, like, Super Bowl caliber teams. Because let's be real. I think all AFC West teams this year could be Super Bowl caliber teams. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a literal fist fight to get into the playoffs. It's- it's going to be a dogfight. So our first game of the season is against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, the big home of the 12th man. That will be the last game of the first week. It will be a Monday night football game with a kickoff time of about 6.15 p.m. Mountain Time. You know, what's what's our thoughts for this game, Dalton? What are some of your first reactions to this game? I'm going to steal your idea that you talked off air, Rachel, and I'm going to say that this game is definitely a trap game. Like, you can agree with me on this. Like, I definitely think that, like, we can definitely get too cocky into this game because, let's be real, I think the Seahawks roster is not playoff material. Not even close to playoff material. They're in rebuild mode. (laughs) Oh, for sure. So, I think that we need to stay focused and absolutely steamroll them. I think we need to show no mercy and show (laughs) them and show everybody in the NFL what's up. On top of that, yeah, I mean, I have just seen so much disrespect from Seattle Seahawks fans regarding... Russell Wilson, and they're just rooting against the Broncos for the pure fact that we have Russell Wilson now. It turned on him quickly. Like they're like, it, oh, he's so overrated. He's he's done. He's he's washed. He's like thirty. He's thirty three. That's not that old. The man that you know spent time each weekend at Seattle Children's Hospital has done so much for the community. They just turned on him so quickly, and I I have a bad feeling that the game will be ugly, but not in the sense that you think in terms of scoring and stuff. I just think he unfortunately is going to get in a nasty welcome back he is going to get booed a lot you know when Peyton returned to Indy I don't recall there being any nastiness I mean it did end a little bit differently because the Colts kind of sent Peyton out rather than what Wilson did where Wilson's like hey you know I kind of want out I don't want this I don't want to be a part of this rebuild I'm 33 I am not at the age where I want to be a part of a rebuild so it's kind of separate scenarios but again he was their franchise quarterback and it is still he will still be tied to the Seattle Seahawks for the remainder of his career I mean because he's won a Super Bowl there and he did a lot of stuff there while he was there as their quarterback so I just it's unfortunate because he's gonna get booed I know when they, they had Sue Bird's final game there in the WNBA they had a recorded message from Russell Wilson to Sue Bird and the whole stadium just booed him relentlessly I was like, well, what's that about? Come on, it's, it's, it's just not going to be good. I lost my respect for Seahawks fans. I'm going to be real. I used to love the 12 man because there's some crazy fans. They really love their team. But like, that's how you treat your quarterback afterwards? He did a lot for you. I lost my so. respect when they whooped our ass in Super Bowl 48, but I'm not going to talk about that. I still had respect for them <laughs> even after they whooped us no. in the Super Bowl. No. Yes. Russell Wilson is a dog. (sighs) But anyways, screw the 12, man. I hope Russell Wilson steamrolls you all. (laughs) That would be nice. So, you know, in terms of score predictions, what are we feeling here? 40 points. I'm I'm so sorry. (laughs) I know I changed my mind. 40 points. I say that I know their defense is 
It's not it's not terrible, but it's not good. So like I think that Russell Wilson, since he knows that defense pretty well and he knows those players, I think he is about to manhandle every single one of them. He is going to command that team. Can't wait. You know, it would be nice. I do think the Broncos could easily drop thirty five plus on their head, you know, with, with the help of Russell Wilson and Brandon McManus. Hopefully not Brandon McManus as much. We love you, Brandon, but you know, it's better when we score touchdowns. But, you know, I, I again, like you said, this could be a trap game. I think we need to go into it cautious. It is our first game of the season. I doubt we really have an identity yet as a team. This game could be used to help us kind of lead us down the path of finding an identity. Hopefully we don't stumble over our own feet in terms of, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot in terms of play calling, offensive productiveness, you know, because that could really obviously put a damper on the game if this Seattle defense, you know, is not good enough, but like if if the Seattle defense is obviously not good enough, then we because you know, if the Seattle defense struggles, that gives us an opportunity to, you know, march down the field as an offense, but again, we have to perform well as an offense. The offensive line has to keep Russell Wilson upright and his jersey clean. The running game has got to be working as well as the pass game. So, you know, things have to be clicking, and I do think there will be some mistakes, whether that be from Russell Wilson getting the yips from being in his former uh, city, whether that just be the first game yips for the Broncos, just, you know, because it's the first game of the season, first First game. year head coach. Yeah, first year head coach. Who knows? There will be mistakes. Is it going to be a blowout? I am not entirely sure. I do think the Broncos will put up significant points, but I don't think we should entirely write this game up as a win right now. Again, don't want it to fall into a trap game scenario. As we're ending things here, we're going to go ahead and give our recommendations and predictions in terms of players to watch for this week one matchup versus the Seattle Seahawks. Dalton, who, who do you think that Broncos fans should keep an eye on for this week one game? I will give one offense and one defense. My offensive player is Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy could be sneaky good this game. I think Jerry Judy has a lot to prove because, you know, he's now known as Sir Drops a lot by other NFL things. So I think this is a prove it year for him. I really believe in Jerry Judy. I'm a big fan of Jerry Judy. I was a real fan. And my defensive player to watch is Randy Gregory. I'm actually really excited to watch Randy Gregory play for us this year. Yeah, hopefully there isn't any hiccups or he hurts himself in practice or something between now and next Monday. I would probably agree with you for Randy Gregory and that'll be my defensive player to watch. Maybe Nick Benito. I don't know how many snaps he will get on defense. Um, He'll probably come in in a relief role, but I'd say keep an eye on him. In terms of my offensive player to keep an eye on, I'd say KJ Hamler. They might kind of slowly ease him back into the offense and not target him too heavy. I hope that's not the case because I just want to see him come out the gates flying and I I really want to see him have a bounce back year because he does have the athletic ability to be a burner and I want him to do that. Like I want to have that like I want to have what the Chiefs had with Tyreek Hill where Tyreek Hill kept burning us all those years. I want to do it back to them with KJ Hamler. Like it's time for revenge. We're starting the Denver Broncos villain arc right now. Just redemption and revenge. That's that's this season Denver Broncos revenge arc <laughs> that's a good that's a good name for it that's a the Denver Broncos revenge arc let's be real the Broncos fan base has has, has been really lucky but like we we've now experienced it down in the dumps for five years I think it's the revenge arc time 
Yes. Villain slash revenge arc time. Thank you for tuning into the first episode of the Broncos Binge Podcast. The Broncos Binge Podcast will be released weekly every Tuesday morning, and we hope you will tune in for future episodes as the season progresses. If you have any comments or suggestions for the podcast, let us know. We want to make this podcast as fun and enjoyable as possible for our listeners. Once again, I am your host, Rachel Strand. Special thank you to Dalton Coble, my co-host. Thanks for listening, and go Broncos! Thank you for listening to the Broncos Binge Podcast, a part of the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Make sure to follow at RachelNFL and NFL Dalton on Twitter for more Broncos news and content.